Morning. Welcome to your favorite Super Bowl recap podcast. Don't feed the artists. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson, and I never felt so much pressure to come up with something funny to say, but I have nothing funny to say. I almost said I'm Wayne Brady. <laughs> that would have been a different show. I genuinely did not know that it was the Super Bowl this past weekend. We were planning, my partner and I were planning on going to Denton just to do some errands, and then her dad said, hey... Y'all are going to like a football party or a Super Bowl party, I guess is what you call it. That's the correct terminology. And we said, no, why would we do that? And he said, well, it's the Super Bowl. And we were like, well, we didn't know that was the case. And he genuinely didn't believe us that we didn't know it was a Super Bowl and that we didn't know that uh, Tom Brady was playing, apparently. And we said, oh, so the Patriots are playing. And he said, no, he got traded. You're joking, right? And I said, no, I have no fucking clue. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, also, uh, still a pandemic, still a pandemic, so why are we going to a Super Bowl party? Right, I was about to say, I took my dog on a walk right when the football game started, apparently, and uh, saw lots of people showing up to oh, other yeah. people's houses and stuff, and I was like, oh, you, you fucking people. But I did see one very smart house where they had set up a TV outside and spaced out oh. camping chairs very far apart, probably further than they needed to be, but hey, that's better than nothing. Yeah, over-following the protocols is better than just completely abandoning them. Yeah. Did any of y'all watch the Super Bowl? No. I watched the halftime show. I watched the halftime show for uh, work for the show, so. I took a nap. <laughs> I, I watched the halftime show, and I literally said, oh, I guess I should watch the halftime show. And my partner said, why? And I said, I don't know. If that's not relevant in music, then I guess I'm not sure what is. So That's a fair point. I wish I didn't watch it, though. I mean, I, I, I try to watch every one of them just because it's like such supposed to be the biggest performance of an artist's career, or it has potential to be. But I don't know. Are we getting into this? Are we getting into this now? Is, are, we, are, we, are, are we already jumping in? I mean, we could. Before b- before we do anything really too serious about like about the Super Bowl halftime performance, I would like to uh, talk about something that is that happened at the Super Bowl that is very funny. That's not music related, but Jackson related. Um, so everyone here knows who Tony Romo is, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Played for the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. He uh, was doing like correspondence. He was he was. Uh, part of the like the, the news for the Super Bowl, talking about plays and so on and so forth. And people were making jokes like, oh, Tony Romo finally got to the Super Bowl this way because he isn't playing football anymore. Ha ha, big joke. Well, here's the real joke. He was talking and someone noticed that he perhaps didn't shake enough after he went to the bathroom. Oh no. And there's, there's a pee spot. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Tony Romo's pants while he's talking. <laughs> so if you're wondering why that's Jackson related, I can't yeah, control my bladder, and Hagen just outed me for my. Uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't think that's very condition. nice. That's not. That's 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 not what it is. That's Jackson. Jackson has this point that. Uh, uh, go on. Uh, sorry, I don't want to speak Wait. for you. I don't want to speak for you here. You go ahead. I didn't know if you're actually going to say it. So if we're going to put this out into the world, it needs to be said If properly. you're not comfortable with it, you don't no, have to. No, he can say it. He can say it. No, maybe we need to put some time codes here. This isn't specifically a me thing. This is a man thing. And yes. I, I just, like, for any of our female listeners, I just have to warn you that I might, you know, break your world here for any <laughs> man in your life. And yes, I'm talking about your brothers. I'm talking about your dads. I'm talking about any... Especially dads and granddads and older men. So what I'm about to tell you might rock the boat here. So you might want to just skip forward maybe about two minutes. But whenever a man goes to the bathroom, there's that old saying of, you know, shake it once, uh, whatever, play with yourself, that kind of thing. And uh, so the reason you do that is, you know, you got to get all the pee out after you're done peeing. There's a little bit left in the line, like a, a garden hose, per se. Uh, and you got to, you know, get everything out. But here's the thing. It is damn near impossible 
to actually get 100% of it out. And I'm not talking about like you put it in your pants and then you just immediately piss yourself. Uh, I'm talking about you can be up to like 10 minutes later, a little drop of pee will come out. And so that's what Hagen is referring to. Every grown man you know, even I assume kids too, are just, they got pee in their pants all the time. I'm sorry to say it. And sometimes... It's not a little bit of pee. It's a lot of bit of pee. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a point of conversation many times where Jackson brings up the point that uh, that all all um, let's say adult men uh, have peed their pants, and that is how. That is why. Uh, so now that we've talked about Tony Romo peeing his pants, um, we can we can properly go into talking about the weekend's uh, halftime performance. <laughs> Dave, you didn't like it. Uh, no, I thought, honestly, I thought it was great. I thought he did a great job. It was really well done. The stage was crazy. Um, they did a good job at having the dancers feel protected. I'm sure wearing masks that looked a lot like jock straps. Um, yeah, the whole thing was great. I just don't, sometimes I don't understand how they pick these artists. I mean, you have... Prince has the one of the more legendary Super Bowl halftime performances ever. Beyonce from 2013 was incredible. Last year was really good with Shakira and um, uh, was J Lo. It was J Lo, yeah, yeah, that was really good. But those are all like legendary artists. The weekend to me still feels like a newer artist. Okay, so um, uh, Jackson, Adam, how'd you how'd you feel about the performance? I mean, I thought it was technically impressive. Uh, well produced and all that. Um, I mean, I think his music I don't necessarily care for. I haven't really listened to it yet at this point. But visually, all his stuff is always cool. Like when he's showed up on late night shows and stuff and done crazy produced like performances like this. Um, I mean, I don't know why, like Dave said, why they would pick him because he's not. I mean, he is an established artist, but he's not a like you know. He's not like a household name. Yeah, he's not a household name necessarily. He definitely doesn't appeal to, uh, you know, the older crowd of anybody, whereas that's usually where they tend to go or have gone in the past of picking, you know, a legendary name and everybody knows him at every age group. Um, Although I did read that he contributed $7 million of his own money to the halftime show. So maybe that's why they picked him was that he would help cut their budget down considering they don't pay for performers anyway. So I don't know. I don't know. It's... Very strange, but it was, like, well done. That's the biggest pay-to-play gig ever. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed his performance. I really don't know his music whatsoever, except for that one, I Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You. I'm sure that's not what it's called. Uh, I think it's just called I Can't Feel My Face. I, Other than that song, I didn't know any of the songs he performed, but I thought... It was a great performance. I really can't tell with the Super Bowl what is live and what isn't. But if that was him singing, that was really technically impressive. Uh, I'm sure he was limited by the pandemic of what he could do stage-wise and performance-wise. So that kind of sucks. So I'm not going to fault him for any of the things that I thought were kind of underwhelming on the you know movement of the stage. But I thought that little like House of Mirrors section was super cool especially how he incorporated that character, which he has talked more about, but we'll talk about that after Hagen gets what he wants to get out. Hagen, what did you think? Um, I, I mean, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was good. I think the, thing, the, the really important thing to remember is no matter what I'm about to say, I think it's a good performance. Um, I, think the, <laughs> the, I think the issue lies with uh, a lot of people romanticizing what he did, which... He didn't really like like the whole like story and character thing didn't really do a whole lot unless someone can truly explain to me what is happening here. I've read a lot of explanations, I've watched videos. I am still baffled at what the actual fuck the story is and if there's like a narrative or I mean like anything. Um there's it it, it just seems to me that there's this like this cool performance and this cool character idea and this cool concept and people are just making shit up. It, that's what it feels like to me. I know that the weekend has a plan and has a story and has a character and has all this stuff. Um, but I mean, I've, I've read stuff from, you know, as simple as just like 
oh, he's a character that, uh, you know, I mentioned a lot, like however many weeks ago that was, that he's sold his soul to the devil, or his character, the most the most uh, uh, common one I read is that it's all about Hollywood. The whole story is about Hollywood. And then I read one right before we started that someone believes that it is the it is one of the signs of the end of the world, that that performance, the, they, they were quoting Bible verses, that this is the end of the world. So What? This performance is like very, uh, it is, it is, it is, it, there's a lot of opinions about it. And there's a lot of thoughts already that are just like, it was just a fucking halftime show performance. Yeah, just, I mean, they should have got REM to perform if they wanted to signal the end of the world. Are we done here? That was weak. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I feel like I've overstayed my welcome. <laughs> the weekend has talked more about that character as Hagen alluded to. And really he has said that, you know, all the bandages and everything that he was doing before this was supposed to be a statement on celebrity culture and how people obsess over it. And people are trying to, uh, you know, change their bodies to be this quote unquote, perfect being that kind of stuff and it doesn't really matter where you lie on that you can understand what he's trying to get towards and that it's just that whole album and this thing this story arc that he's providing is for this album after hours which he released that it's just supposed to be you know this guy has a really bad night and that kind of thing well that album came out last year and he's still getting like press out of it and stuff which is kind of amazing in that regard there's 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 a lot of cool stuff to be said here, but the other thing that I have a question for is, um, I you know that we talked about that like plastic surgery thing, but like, sorry, what does like the bloody nose and black eye have to do with any part of the story? Uh, he's wearing the same suit. That's it. That's like that's the only part that like connects. Did Hollywood beat you up? I don't get it. Like, what's the what's the whole connection there? People are calling him like like one of the best performers of our generation. That he's a true like performance artist, and that this is one of the best things that we're ever going to see in our lifetime. And I'm like, man, you got to watch other stuff, and you got to yeah, like got to branch out a little bit. Yeah, like I mean, just 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 simply put, like the it, the first thing that came to mind is like Beyonce's a thousand times better than this. Like just a thousand times better, and what she does is performance art. Like there's just no way around it. I, I don't understand why we're talking about this constantly was pushing the boundaries even her uh super bowl performance was yeah really like a game changer the way that she performed there and had all the the screens and dancers and holograms and stuff like that it was really incredible i think the first time i was questionable about a super bowl halftime performance was when bruno mars did it and i was like this is weird but then i watched his performance and i was like he actually might be one of the best performers of our generation i can totally see that so when I think about bands that haven't done it yet or artists that haven't done the Super Bowl performance yet, I'm like, why the weekend? Maybe, Adam, like you said, it is the $7 million he put up on top of it. Yeah, because this is this has been a whole, like, big plan of his. Now, the fact, like, if if, if, it, if it was supposed to lead up to the Super Bowl, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that was the intention of he was going to try to get, like, he was going to offer them $7 million and finish off this whole year-long uh, or over a year long thing with the with the character, uh, but that's every, everybody's saying that this is a year years long culmination and this is the finale, and I, I'm like a years long culmination to fucking what? Yeah, like, it just felt like a performance. Yeah, it should be noted that he did also just reschedule his tour to 2022. So whatever we're looking at is the best he can do with. what he's been handed because he may have had a lot more in store and a lot more engagement with his audience and he he plays huge venues yeah we cannot understate that yeah it's not like he's a small name he is a big name not at all he's just not a like mainstream cross-generational name yeah, it's no fault see. to him. I don't, no. don't want to. I don't want to be misconstrued here, thinking that I don't think the weekend is a great artist. But like, just the legacy of football halftime perform or NFL halftime performances 
Right. I would I would uh, I would also just like to really like like again, he that the performance was good. I think more of the issue is the fact that people are like romanticizing this this like whole story and character as to being something bigger than it is. And that's more of the issue. Like people are watching this as it's supposed to be like this this the most important thing they've watched and that, you know, he the, he's one of the most important performers of our generation. It's like there's there's just there's like there's so many more there's so many more. I mean, is part of that just that we don't have any big names who do the persona stuff at this point anymore? Maybe. Like a David Bowie type who's like, you know, doing the thing. And it doesn't really matter what he was doing. He was just doing it in that same that kind might of way. be it. Yeah, I think that's possible. But I choose to look at it as the people who are probably more excited about this are the people that we're talking about who haven't gotten too much into David Bowie or don't even know who a Coheed and Cambria is. Were the and what I'm referring to are these bands with stories behind their music instead of it just being an autobiographical thing or just a song about you know your emotions. I choose to look at it as maybe this will get younger people into that subset of uh music or even just performers. That you know, if this is what if they see this and like holy shit, this is amazing, music can do this, and then they kind of go down that rabbit hole. I'm all for it. I think it's super cool. I don't really know of a Super Bowl halftime performance that has kind of those elements because I'm sure there's people like my dad who definitely watched the Super Bowl who has no clue what he just watched. Why are they all these guys in bandages? So I think it's kind of cool to have that. I mean, I know that there's always visuals towards it but at a halftime show, but I do think it's really cool that you know, you can look into the dancers on the stage or out in the crowd with Prince, but there's no deeper meaning to it other than it would look really good. But there is, no matter how shallow we may think it is, there is still a deeper meaning to it, which I think is super cool. Yeah, I think one artist that could have got close to that was Lady Gaga. I think I think she's always been on the cusp of that David Bowie-esque persona bending kind of bigger than the music personality. Um but she just chose not to take it there. But I, I would have liked to see her do that over the weekend. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, too, that it seems like this was basically just a, you know, the performance you would have done on a tour, maybe, whereas that's not always the case with halftime shows. They're more produced for just, here's the performer, and it's a crazy big show. It has nothing to do with their music or their albums or anything like that. So that's kind of unique in that regard, from at least what I can remember in like recent history. Well, a majority of the performances are an outline of the artist's career. They play all the big choruses from their biggest songs. And there was one or two songs in there that I feel like I've never heard before. Yeah, he, he definitely played at least one song from like a mixtape he put out before he was anyone, which his fans who like, you know, listened to that stuff before thought that was cool. And that, that is because he's kind of going back through his entire career at that point. I mean, call me biased, but I am a bit surprised that the Foo Fighters haven't done the Super Bowl halftime yet. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they've said no. Yeah, I would think that that they're a band who probably has has had to have like had talks about that at this point. Well, while we're talking about notable performances that happened over the past couple days, I won't say over the weekend. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers, she played at uh, on SNL this past Saturday, and. You guys know me. I love Phoebe Bridgers. I watched her performances, and I thought, cool. These are the two songs she's been playing pretty frequently. They were good performances. The sound was pretty bad, and she's a really good performer. So I knew that it sounded off because SNL is just that notorious stage. Watched it at the end of her second song. She smashes her Dan Electro guitar on one of the studio monitors right in front of her. The studio monitor starts to spark. It kind of looks like it explodes a bit. And I thought, yeah, that was a very uh, rock and roll thing to do. Makes sense. Went about my day. Then I saw a bunch of articles talking about how people were apparently really upset about that. And it just, it's this weird, I don't know if it's sexism or if it's people are just so bored and cooped up that they have to grasp at straws. And I have to believe it's a bit of both, but people were really upset saying, hey, why did you just smash your guitar? There was no need for that. And you destroyed what 
those monitors were probably like $10,000 because, you know, I'm a sound person and I know how much these are. To which, you know, she kind of just let it roll when it was a couple people. And then finally she said, hey, by the way, I talked to Dan Electro before I did this and said, hey, I'm going to smash a guitar on stage. I plan on smashing this guitar. Is that okay? And they just responded, good luck. They're pretty hard to break. <laughs> which is a very funny response. <laughs> That's great. And then people started, you know, saying, well, what about that $10,000 monitor you broke? And she said, it was a fake monitor. I told them, hey, I think I'm going to break my guitar. Can I do it on the monitor? And they said, cool, we'll just rig one up. That's, you know, fake, which makes sense. Right. You could almost tell by the little, like, sparking effect it had, too, that it was not, you know, actually happening. And plus, she didn't really break the guitar necessarily, just, like, put a dent in it. It wasn't, you know, to the point where it would have caused sparks. So, like, it it was definitely part of the performance. And it's weird that people are so, like, negative about it. Yeah, if anything, that's that's good advertising for Dan Electro. Are you happy, yeah. Internet? You did it again. You fucking did it again. You have, <laughs> you have, you, you, you opened the blinds. You were so angry because she did this thing that you, she gave away the fucking secrets of the whole goddamn thing. And you could have just let her break a guitar. People need to find something else to do. Uh, it would it would be a real shame if these same people ever watched a Nirvana concert or a, or a concert from the Who. Well, see, but there is that angle that Jackson kind of mentioned that it's probably fine because they did it because it's a bunch of guys. Right. Yeah. It's it smells a lot like sexism. That's exactly what I was alluding to. It just it it is just so sad that these things happen and these are very likely the same people were like, man, it's so badass when Jimi Hendrix burned his guitar. He's like, well, he's playing those vintage guitars that Dave mentioned last episode that are going upwards of $10,000 now. So, I mean, do you hate him too? Right, yeah. It's so stupid. Just let, let like, okay, we're talking about performance art. Like, over the quarantine, over the, the course of the pandemic so far, Phoebe Bridgers has been putting out some incredible videos for these talk shows and really just going over the top with performance art i mean i guess you could call it performance art they're just next level it's not just her in a room performing these songs you know so this is who we should be paying attention to in a positive way yeah, yeah. she's been really great about that about and because you see everyone and i get it i'm not talking these artists who are releasing them just playing in their studio or in their apartment but she has been really great about having, like, they're not music videos. They are her performing, but she'll be doing different stuff. And, you know, shockingly, she's just killed it. I mean, I, I don't know how she still has ideas, you know, going on a year into releasing this. But I digress into uh, murkier waters. I'm going to uh, give you guys a, a couple of uh, more bummer uh news articles and then we could hopefully bring it a little bit back up but you guys remember related to snl uh morgan wallen who is one of those nashville types uh country singer songwriter but just he's a country guy uh, i don't know if he's really in any of our wheelhouses but he's a country bro exactly he's a total fucking country bro he's the guy who whenever he was supposed to perform at snl during the pandemic and then videos came out of him uh, not wearing masks, not adhering to any protocols, and SNL subsequently booted him, and Jack White filled in, which Adam and I both agree that is probably one of the best SNL performances ever. And, you know, he got a second chance. He apologized, and he said, okay, you know, I'm sorry, I'll do better. And he got a second chance, so good for him. I get it. Slap on the wrist. I don't think that should have ended his career. But find us here in a Sweet 2021, and video came out of him using a racial slur. Specifically, he used the N-word. What happened was he was out front of his house. I believe it's in Nashville. But neighbors heard him and some friends late at night, like 4 a.m. or something like that, coming home from the bars, obviously drunk, just hammering on their horns, yelling at each other, just roughhousing in the lawns, you know, drunk drunk kids, like really frat bros, like everybody's done it. But 
what not everyone has done is start yelling racial slurs. So he did that, walked into his house, probably didn't even realize he did it, which does not make it better at all. And, you know, his neighbors were recording it. They had ring doorbells, and, of course, TMZ got a hold of it. And he has subsequently been dropped by, I think it's like two of the largest country music radios won't play his music. He is indefinitely suspended, I think is the word they used, from his record label, which seems real shady. I mean, you should just drop him at that point. Yeah, Uh, that is just completely inexcusable. You can't, you just can't, you can't say that word, like, especially in his position. He's a privileged white kid. You can't say that word. With a stage, too. Like, he is, like, the Nashville face right now. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got an audience, and whatever he says, like, lends, not credibility to it, but, like, other people see it, and they go, oh, I can do that, too. Yeah, he covered uh, my introduction unfortunately to that guy is uh he covered a jason isbell song called cover me up and that song is about jason isbell getting sober and like locking himself away with his now wife amanda shires and saying like we're not leaving this place you know and i i need you to be here to be safe and this guy morgan what's his name morgan wallen Yes. He covered the song and spun it into um, a story about a soldier coming home from war and having PTSD. Now, say what you will about wars and people, you know, supporting your troops. I understand that stuff, but I just saw that and I was like, man, it just seems like he's pandering to that audience. This kid, it looks like he's never fought, like even fist fought in his life. Maybe he has. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's definitely a pandering approach and you're changing you're changing what the that true intention and story was right there in that song, which is like pretty fucked. Exactly. And so I was reading the comments, which is the very toxic thing to do on YouTube from that video. And people were like, this is such a great song. Morgan Wall is a great artist. And it's like, he didn't write that song. <laughs> Jason Isbell wrote it. So that's when I was like, I, I already don't like this guy. And then I saw him sing it live and he's singing it like it's his song. And I'm like, yeah, you don't. And, you know, friends of mine in the country scene around here were like, that guy's a douchebag. And now to see that headline, it's like, oh, cool. He's showing his true colors. That label should have dropped him and nobody should pay attention to him anymore. And if you do, you're you're saying to everyone that you're okay with someone like him saying words like that. So here's the unfortunate position we're in at this point. So you would think with all of that happening, things would not be going well for him. He, of course, came out and said, what I did was not right. I will do better. Very similar apology to the SNL stuff. And so what has happened is his record sales have surged ever since then. 1,220% since this whole thing happened. And so, I mean, no comment on that. Just real, real sad. And I think, you know, I think the argument for him is and this is not my argument but for the people who are still supporting him are saying you know oh it was taken out of context very similar to uh somebody who was elected president you know locker room talk it was taken out of context which is just no that if it comes that easy and you were saying it just as a sleight of hand i mean that doesn't make it better it almost makes it worse and i'm not one to say what is right or, or better or worse in this situation, but you should not be that comfortable that it just rolls out of your mouth. Yeah. 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 I mean, Phoebe Bridger smashes a guitar on SNL and it's a problem, but this guy says it says those words and it's just taken out of context. What context is that? Right. Here's the answer. There is no context and you shouldn't say those words. I think anybody who's sitting here saying like, Oh, fucking cancel culture's bullshit. Say what you will about cancel culture. I'm going to put it to you in different words. It's called, there are, uh, there are, uh, oh my God, I lost the word as I'm trying to say it. You have, uh, you do actions. Repercussions. Repercussions. There, you, you, when you do a thing and it's a bad thing, you get punished for it. 
this is his fucking job is he's a musician people watch him like adam said he has an audience there's no there's no choice he ha like his job is always on so like if you're at your job and you say offensive things you're gonna get in trouble for it it's not like oh you're canceled no one likes you anymore it's like hey you're at work and maybe no one does like you anymore because they probably shouldn't because he said those words simply there's, there's repercussions. You did a bad thing. This person did a bad thing. If you're trying to defend him or if you're buying his music still, just think about the fact that he did a bad fucking thing. Like, it's not, it's not, like, stop trying to run to the defense of someone who does bad stuff because you don't like the way cancel culture works. And I, I would even argue that you can still enjoy his music if you don't pay for it, if you don't support it monetarily. Unfortunately, you enjoy his music, but don't support him as a person or as an artist. And like I said before, the second you do, you're saying it's okay that he said those words, and it's okay if I choose to as well. Well, speaking of repercussions, this next news topic is going to be no shock to anybody who listens to this podcast, because it is the biggest news story, shockingly, of all the things we've talked about. I would argue this is bigger. Evan Rachel Wood the uh, actress from Westworld and a ton of other things, but that's what I know her from. She has named uh, her abuser as Marilyn Manson. No one is shocked by this. It, she mentioned this around 2016, uh, that she had experienced abuse in many different levels, um, and she was reluctant to name it. She's not required to name these. Uh, you're not required to do that. Uh, but people, obviously, because she's a celebrity, put two and two together that, oh, you're talking about these years, blah, blah, blah. It's Marilyn Manson. She just this, uh, I think it was, it's, we're going on a week now that she has said that it was Marilyn Manson. And of course, he has vehemently denied it. But I don't think anyone is too shocked by this. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of people have come out. Even Phoebe Bridgers has come out and said, oh, yeah. No, he sucks. I used to love his music, was a huge fan. But then one time in high school, I ended up at his house in L.A. And he pointed to this room uh, as he was giving a tour to her friends and said, that's the rape room. And she said, ever since then, I do not listen to his music. Uh, Trent Reznor has come out and said, you know, I don't talk to that guy. I have severed ties from him for a long time now. I think we can all agree that Marilyn Manson's career was on borrowed time for a long time, and he should just be thankful that he was not drugged through the mug, mud as for as long as he has been. Yeah, I saw a thing today that was a it was a meme. It was like '90s parents when they uh, hear that Marilyn Manson is an accused sex offender, and they're like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, told you so." Yeah, I mean, it's it. I I have to I have to again say like, are we shocked? And it's, I'm not saying we shouldn't we should still talk about it. And, and and you know he should be Dunskies, but it's like, yeah, it kind of seemed like a piece of shit, didn't he? Didn't he yeah, kind of seem like a piece of he's shit? He's never like shied away from that either. I mean, he's published an autobiography yeah. where he kind of detailed a lot of this stuff, and everybody at the time was just like, well, it's just a bit. Like that's just his his persona and his act that he does. But he's clearly been a piece of shit for. At least the last 20 years, probably longer, honestly. We've talked about this before, but it's, it's, I think it could stem from the whole, you know, alternate personality thing, blurring the lines between your stage persona and your real life persona. And then forgetting the fact that, like Hagen said before, there are repercussions to your actions. And there are just, uh, there's a list of things you just can't do. I mean, <laughs> to, it doesn't matter how old you are or what you do for your job. You just can't do certain things. And abusing women or people is one of those things. Yeah, I mean, like, if your character is a person that abuses women, pick a different fucking character. Don't have that be your character. <laughs> then it won't go into your real life and something bad won't happen. Just don't do that. That's so easy. We're looking at you, Jared Leto. You need to be careful. <laughs> We're watching you. But, of course, unlike Morgan Wallen, Marilyn Manson was immediately dropped from his label. He was on, I think, two TV shows or something like that at the time. He has been 
uh, removed from those. Adam, am I right on that? Yeah, one of them is American Gods, which is a show that I I watch, and he just that he was supposed to be in another episode apparently, and they just killed his character on screen, like in the editing room, and just were like, oh, he blew up in that building. It's fine, and that's how they wrote him out of that show, like very quickly. This was like a day or two before it aired. Morgan Wallen is suspended from his label. Marilyn Manson is dropped. Who do you think makes more money for their label? At this point? Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Marilyn Manson so, probably doesn't make any money for anyone at this point. Even Let's say if they were on the same label and did the same thing, like, you know, if they were being outed for doing those things that they've done, the reason that these people keep Morgan Wallen on there and just suspended is so they can continue to make money from him. And the reason they dropped Marilyn Manson is because they don't need him monetarily anymore. There is a problem with the way that well, we've known this for years, but there is a problem with the way that the music industry is run at that level. I also bet that the, that Morgan, Morgan Wallen's label uh, knows that their um, audience will get over it if they are upset, which is fucked up. But I would be willing to bet that that audience is a little bit different. That's sadly probably a big factor in their decision for that. And to Dave's point about this just being a messed up like situation, uh, Manson's manager of 25 years dropped him as a client on the same day. So like, obviously he knew he was a piece of shit, but now he's no longer useful to him. And so he's right. cutting ties. Whereas if he were maybe the manager for this Morgan Wallen guy, then he might still be his manager. We don't know. We don't know, but... It should be stated that it's not just Evan Rachel Wood saying this. Unfortunately, uh, multiple other women have come forward saying, you know, they had similar experiences. Right. Her, hers is more prominent, I guess, because she testified in front of Congress in 2018 about some of this stuff. Um, not specifically naming Manson, but everybody kind of knew that was what she was talking about at the time. Yeah, I'm not advocating that anyone reads this, but I mean, I think he has two memoirs that really detail his behavior, and it's one of those things where that blurring the line really kind of was never present, but just because he was a shock rocker, people went along with it a bit more of just like, oh man, he's a he's a rock star. I mean, I've seen him live, and whenever I saw him live, he was you know doing that typical thing of like all right every girl here I, I want bras on the stage and he said i'm going to take every bra and put it on this microphone stand and i will not start playing again until i have enough bras that will knock it off or like knock over the microphone stand and he did exactly that so it's just he he never was a great dude it just so happens that now people are willing to take him out well, good. I guess it's a good thing that he's, I mean, better late than never. He's still got away with it for a long time. Uh, I was just checking up on Morgan Wallen's label. It's a subsidiary of, of Universal called, and it's called Republic Records. And important to note, Universal is an NBC organization. So that explains why, in my opinion at least, I don't have anything to back this up, but explains why NBC and SNL had him back and apologized for his first, you know, mishap where he got cut from the show so that's kind of messed up because they also didn't really address it this week and they made a joke about it like aha he's racist all right on snl yeah it's part of weekend update yeah that's uh other artists on that label are ariana grande demi lovato the jonas brothers nick jonas uh james blake kid cuddy florence the machine seth mcfarlane john mellencamp post malone like all of these, I, I think there are many of those artists that were mentioned that would be like, why is he suspended? Why don't you drop him? So I wouldn't be surprised in the coming weeks if we see some of those artists leaving that label. You are trying to put pressure on them to do something about yeah. it. That would be nice. But speaking of Universal Music Group, TikTok has secured a deal to have access to Universal Music Group's entire catalog. This is nothing shocking. They have, TikTok has deals with, I believe, Sony and all the other big record labels. And, you know, people see this and freak out and be like, oh my God, 
this is terrible, but really it's a good thing. I think TikTok is really just one of those, if you're a musician, it's a great way to have your music out there. You shouldn't be resistant to these new forms of social media as a musician, especially in the digital age, but then of course in the age of COVID where, you know, how are you going to create a fan base? So yeah, it's, I don't it, see this as a bad thing. No, it's really, it's really actually, I, I, I think it's great and things like this need to happen. Um, we you know we've talked a lot about this sort of thing before. There was a story that I found really interesting where there was an artist who, um, who wrote a song and then there was supposedly another TikToker who did a dance to it. And then there was a popular streamer who did that dance to that song. And both the artist and the TikToker sued the streamer uh, for, like, rights bullshit. And and I, I, I saw that, and I was like, I'm sorry, do you not know how TikTok works? Like, I, I, this is not... The whole point is that a trend starts and everybody does it. So I'm really hopeful that this sort of thing, like, it, I mean, we already know it, it exists, but I hope that more of this prevents those kinds of lawsuits because that, that doesn't make... I've, I watched videos about people being like, wow, that streamer is a piece of shit for copying this. I'm like, do you, aren't you all 14 on TikTok and just copy each other in the fucking first place? Isn't that the whole point of the goddamn app? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's like, we, like, like we talked, I've talked about it so many times. We don't have a precedent for like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in terms of the law. We have no precedent for with this sort of stuff, right? There's all, there's constantly something, there's constantly things updating with like streaming, uh, like how people can play music during live streams, how people can use music on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Like we talked about the whole Facebook thing a while ago that was like, Hey, if you play music, uh, that's not yours, or even if it is yours, then we can take you down so on and so forth. Um, I've learned about a lot of stuff with like Facebook live where like, if you're a partner with Facebook, then you can use basically anything cause they have deals with the labels and all these sorts of things are like really, really good. But we need to get rid of like all of these bullshit lawsuits that are happening. I mean, like especially if you're on any of the social media platforms, I would be willing to bet you believe in like freedom of content, right? Everybody just keep making content with everyone else's content. We all support each other, et cetera, et cetera. This sort of thing supports that, and we can hopefully never have any like stupid lawsuit of like, well, no, I did that dance first to that song, and that's my song, and you can't use it because you're famous, and I want money from you. I do think most of the the hate that goes towards TikTok is really, it stems from this idea that, I don't know if this is just American society or if it's just Western culture or whatever, but a lot of the things that we as a culture like to make fun of are things that 13-year-old girls like. Like, we never make fun of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because, you know, oh, boys love that shit. But, I don't know. People you know, make you, fun of that. We're, <laughs> well, okay, but like, but not on the same levels that we make fun of Twilight or the Vampire Diaries or that we make fun of TikTok, which I, I'm not saying only 13-year-old girls use that, but that I do feel that the hate towards TikTok, and I'm not a huge fan of TikTok, but I do realize that whenever I have friends or I see people online just saying like, oh, it's Chinese bloatware, you're just like... Uh, blah 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 it's just like yeah you're just upset that you know 13 year old girls are enjoying something and it doesn't you know yeah. create the same joy for you it's yeah it's almost like you're upset that you weren't invited to the party and you just don't understand what's going not on not everything is tailor-made for the white man it is okay that there is media that is not meant for you well, and I think a lot of people get pissed because, like, a 13- and 14-year-old girl is now, like, making more money than they are because they dance on an app. And it's like, hey, uh, that might bo that might bother you, but that's that's kind of cool that that's where we are, right? That's kind of an interesting thing. That that's how someone can make money. And also, if someone posts on any social media about how TikTok is just Chinese whatever bullshit, get the fuck off of social media. Do you have any idea what you're doing? You're so dumb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I will say that, like, I was I was playing a gig one time, and uh, a group of younger women or younger girls came up and put their phone on uh, one of the PA speakers and started doing a group dance in front of the phone. And I was like, oh, that's strange. But I, in no way was I like, those fucking idiots. Like, I'm up on stage playing other people's songs. I have no room to judge people. <laughs> Dave's like, watch me play bass, you fucking asshole. Come on. Look yeah. at me. I'm playing bass. Have you ever heard Don't Stop Believing"? <laughs> <laughs> watch how much fun i have playing this <laughs> so how do we we got two more news topics and then we'll go into what we're listening to 
do we want to end on a, I wouldn't call it like an upper note, but it's an interesting note, or do we want to end on a lower note? Uh, we've been pretty negative so far. This is a dark episode. Unfortunately, that's the world right now. So let's keep that rolling, and I will try to bring it back up with my last piece of news. Dave, what time is it? Uh, it's time for the first installment in 2021 of Dave's Death Corner. And today we are warning the loss of Scottish musician, record producer, and DJ, Sophie. Uh, she, they passed away at around 4 a.m. local time, January 30th, at age 34. And apparently the cause of death was an accidental fall from a balcony. Uh, Sophie was noted for collaborating with such artists as Charlie XCX, Vince Staples, Madonna, and uh, Let's Eat Grandma. I don't know much about Let's Eat Grandma. Um, yeah, apparently it took place. It took the police and fire brigade around ninety minutes to get her out uh, before her she, before she was able to get to the hospital. She passed away at the hospital. It's very very unfortunate because this was an up and coming producer that I think would have made a lot of big waves in the industry. And yeah, it's just it makes me think of um, the guy that got caught in the undertow, Jackson. Oh, Jeff Buckley? Jeff Buckley, yeah. yeah. Un- untimely deaths that weren't related to, you know, the typical rock and roll or music industry stereotypes. I think that's a great point because she had done a ton for the trans community. And if you don't know Sophie, I, I would venture to say that you probably have seen at least one or a portion of one of her music videos. It's called Okay to Cry. And it's basically her shirtless uh, performing in front of like clouds, just kind of singing. It's a really good song. And, you know, it's really sad for many reasons because it seemed like she was really poised to be this huge, if not already huge, uh, you know, voice in the trans community. Uh, but then also just, you know, 34 is really young to die. And, you know, it wasn't anything like COVID related or cancer or anything like that. Like, from what I read about it, she was just like living in Greece at the time, wanted to go see the moon, so kind of climbed up. Yeah, she was trying to take a picture of the moon. It was a three-story building. Yeah, and just climbed up and just wrong footing or something like that and now has passed away. And, you know, working with the likes of someone like Charlie XCX, obviously she had the talent to cut it, uh, and it's just super sad. I mean, and, if you're into Madonna. electronic meat, oh, yeah. And if you're into like electronic music, she she's a great resource for that. So I, I would definitely recommend checking it out. So rest in peace. I rest will try. I will try and bring this up because Flaming Lips has announced more shows in their bubble concerts. If you guys don't remember, I believe it was it was sometime late last year. The Flaming Lips were uh, scheduled to do bubble concerts where not only does the whole band play in a bubble, but the whole audience will be in a bubble. So, of course, that sold out in Oklahoma City. Uh, tickets ranged between 200 to $400, depending on where you were in the row. Each bubble could fit three people. So, $400 split that between four people, or sorry, split that between three people. That's not that bad, especially if you're talking about a front row bubble. I myself tried really hard to get one of these tickets, but of course, it sold out immediately. Um, but it, it, it's cool to see. Uh, they apparently did not have any uh, transmissions at their first concerts, and it's just it, it's really cool to see that some people are finding ways to have that similar experience. I looked through all the comment sections of people who were at the original shows, and they had a great time. I did when I was trying to buy tickets. They said, by the way, you're going to have to sign this legal waiver, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a thing saying if I get sick at the show, it's not their fault. That is not what it was. They said, by the way, we're filming all these concerts, so uh, and we plan on releasing a lot of material from this, so you are signing over that you're okay with being in like concert films and shit. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm cool with that. Well, this is such a Flaming Lips thing to do that it, they, it makes so much sense that they're filming it. I think they did their um, Colbert performance in this, so it, it's super cool. I mean... Flaming List is fun as hell live. I don't think I would drive more 
than what I was going to drive already. It's like two and a half hours from Dallas to Oklahoma City. I wouldn't do more than that, but I'm in the fortunate position where it was really close. Unfortunately, it sold out immediately, but I kind of did expect that. I just wonder how, um, you know, when you perform live on stage, you like to try to get out of what's going on around you and hopefully just perform and not think about what's going on in your surroundings or in your general everyday life. Can you imagine performing in a bubble like that and trying to get away from the fact that everybody around you is in a bubble, including yourself? Hagen, do you think, do you think you'd be able to perform like and play drums in that setting and let go of the fact that you're in a bubble and just perform? I think it'd be one of those things where hopefully I could be in the right mindset and be like, it's really cool. We found a way to make this work. It's really cool. We found a way to make this happen. And like, I'm not going to, there's no way I can ignore the surroundings here. It's not going to happen, but I can, I can look at it and be like, we're all in bubbles and we're like doing this and what is like maybe the safest way possible. And everyone gets to have fun. And, um, I'm the drummer of the flaming lips and I'm really sorry. <laughs> but maybe there would be a sigh of relief where you could finally relax on stage. Cause I know that we haven't played that many as moniker. We've only played what one live show in the last year. Yeah. Solidly. Yeah. And even that was like very cathartic, but at the same time I was still thinking like, I hope everyone's being safe. Um, I hope we're safe. <laughs> You know, as much as I was enjoying playing our music again, it was like I couldn't help but get snapped back into the reality of what's going on. Yeah. So unfortunately, I will I will give you uh, my three best finds in the comment sections. Was one is well, what do you do if you have to pee in the middle of the show because the the bubbles don't have zippers on the inside? Somebody said, oh, well they have they have uh, signs where you hold them up and they'll come get you. The people are like in has the crew is like in hazmat suits. It's hilarious. <laughs> the uh, I just like to think about the character from I think Jake Gyllenhaal played a character called Bubble Boy in a movie, yeah. and it's like he would be like finally a concert that I will not feel out of place at. Yeah, I, part of me also wants to know like how they planned for all these weird cases for like oh what if somebody has to go to the bathroom because you know they just sat around brainstorming like all the things that might come up and have to like figure out a sign or a policy for it or whatever they had to do. Yeah. The biggest thing I'd be worried about is what if there's a fire? I mean, you could surely rip through that, but I mean, you don't know the nature of the fire. Not all fires are slow burns. Some of them can be caused by a quick burst. So yikes. The second thing that I really liked was people were asking, Hey, can we hot box in these? Because it's the flaming lips. <laughs> And there are also concerns about like, hey, what does it sound like if I'm in the back? And people said, oh, it sounds fine through the bubble, but they do give you a portable speaker oh, for nice. your actual bubble. So that's nice. That's really cool. The The last thing, my favorite thing, this isn't really a question, just a really good find was, this was a great way to smell the person's farts all night. <laughs> you would like that fart ass. You would like that. I mean, it's not an ideal scenario for sure to see a band live, but I think it would be a cool experience if you had a chance to do it. Yeah, it sounds it's it sounds uh, it sounds interesting, and it's it's once in a, it definitely is a once in a lifetime sort of situation. I like to imagine that um, the, the the guitar techs and whoever else is is up there with the band is also in hazmat suits, and they bring up the the next guitar that he that for for the song also in a separate bubble. So. Uh, <laughs> One, one hazmat suit with a guitar in a bubble. They have to take that guitar out of the bubble and quickly put it into the next bubble, and then they have to put the other guitar in the old bubble. This sounds great. All the picks are in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Another scenario is like, um, Grandma and Grandpa, how did you meet? And it's like, it was 2021. We were in Oklahoma, and right across from me in the next bubble was, was your grandmother. <laughs> like, what what are you talking about the great pandemic of 2019 2020 2021 2022 and 2023 because we couldn't be responsible enough as a country to take care of this together yeah exactly and we and and we had to wait five years before we could go on our first date yeah. <laughs> hey worst things have happened in oklahoma city i tried my first jellyfish 
I ate my first jellyfish in Oklahoma. And Sorry, was it, what? I almost, was it cooked or were you just really hungry and stranded on the beach? The Where beach? do you think I was? There's no the beach, beach in, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. I don't know. Dave has to Oklahoma. In Oklahoma City. The first time I went to Oklahoma, I I called my mom and I was like, "Hey, I'm in Oklahoma, Texas," and she was like, "No, you're not. <laughs> you're in one or the other." And uh, my fiance was like, "Oh, Dave," and I was like, "I feel I failed geography in in high school. I don't know where the fuck I am." <laughs> That's Man, great. Jackson, you really you really saved that right there with uh, not the worst thing that ever happened in Oklahoma City to sw- to very quickly talking about something else. So nice save there, buddy. I didn't even think of that. My I, thought, I, I thought that was your I joke. I thought that was the joke, <laughs> I yeah. Okay. That was the whole I may joke. not know where Oklahoma is, but I knew that joke and I thought you made that. I was like, I'm proud of Jackson. I'm very proud of him. <laughs> As he reads his book called Lords of Chaos. <laughs> Spoilers. spoilers big old spoilers um hey 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 let, he doesn't hey, remember the voice hey he doesn't remember the voice <laughs> let him let him hey. let him figure it out hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay get composure get composure try it again you got this man hey li- hey listen hey <laughs> hey Hey Jackson! Hey, hey, listen! Well, I think I'm being beckoned by uh, a ghostly <laughs> child. I have been listening to really all of David Berman's projects this week. But if I'm going to recommend any of them, I would recommend Purple Mountains, self-titled record. It's the only record they released because, unfortunately, David Bur- David Berman passed away. Uh, not too long after it came out, but I think that that self-titled record by Purple Mountains is just, uh, it's amazing. And every time I listen to it, it gets more and more better. I think that and Wilco are the closest I will ever get to liking country. So that's what I've been listening to. Do we need to go around? Uh, do we need to go around? Do we? Are we good? Can we just all? Yeah, I've got, we, I've got other stuff. Do the you? Fuck you do. Yeah, Why? I do. Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> Jackson or either Jackson or Adam mentioned uh, Vampire Diaries before, and I've been I've been watching that show. I've got like three or four episodes left of the entire series, and throughout the entirety of watching the show, I've been shazamming the songs that are in the show, and they're all just like, "Oh, this sounds like a cheap rip off of a Radiohead song." So I've been I've been watching that show and listening to those songs, but I was surprised that Kings of Leon were on that show. Oh, maybe not surprised. The CW sucks, but I've also watch your listening. fucking. You better, you better watch it. You better. <laughs> oh, you it. hit a nerve. What? Yeah. The fuck? Oh, by the way, oh. spoilers, Dave. It ends with the fray. Hold on. Well, yeah, that's not surprising. Um, <laughs> Hagen, are you are you upset that I said the CW sucks? Yeah. Yeah. Of course he is. Yes. I mean, the I've CW never met sucks. another CW like loyalist, but you know, Hagen is. I'm one, not like loyal so. to the CW, but they they have they they've made great television. I don't think Vampire Diaries is a bad show. I haven't watched any of the other shows from that uh, station, broad whatever it's called. But it's called Oklahoma. I just want to see. I just want to see an ugly person, That's <laughs> or an fine. average looking yes. person. Everybody on that show. They don't make ugly people TV. That's that's a totally yeah. that's a totally fair point. CW doesn't suck. DC Television was they 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 made DC Television. Oh, good. there it See, is. Now you, now you get it. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, now. there it is. Of course, there it is. Get the fuck out of here. CW sucks. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> I feel uh, like you also, wanted to destroy my sweater, there, Dave. You just held the string as he walked away. Adam, uh-huh. <laughs> Adam Adam's gonna say what we're listening to. Dave's not gonna say what the rest of it is. You you lost your privilege, Adam. What have the three of us been listening to? I've also been listening to Weezer. Their new album is pretty good. Um, I forgot my prop, so but uh, we've all been listening to the new Foo Fighters album. Medicine at Midnight! <laughs> so Adam's Yay. going to get his prop, and I have no clue what it is. And if it's just oh, did a you, vinyl did... record. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have. I, I can get my prop, too. Should I get mine? No, don't get your yeah, prop. It's this is not, what we do. I mean, yeah, go this get is, it. This is, just this take is, two yeah, seconds yeah. to do it. Don't actually go get it, I'm because it's only prop. the four of us that are going to see it. Why is he going to get it? No, all we're... Right. this. This can go While he's show. gone, I'm going to say the CW sucks and they need to vary their <laughs> cast. 
They need to like get with the times. He's never going to hear this. That was a big mistake. I texted him the other day. Hey, do you still watch those shows? And he said yes, and I was shocked. He's about to put his headphones back in. Yeah, I know. CW sucks. The CW sucks. It's all staying in. All right. Now that Hagen's got his prop, too. The Foo Fighters released an album called Medicine at Midnight. It's got nine songs. It's 36 minutes long. And three out of four of us really enjoy the Foo Fighters. Sorry, I unplugged my headset. Very excited <laughs> so to run excited. out and go get your, uh, your album. I got it. See, I have my prop now. Look, we're so cool. We Look, have our prop. It's just like Jackson. Yay, we did it. Oh, we have it. Yay. Oh, I don't have one. <laughs> that would have been too good. Anybody who listens to the show wants to buy me a record player and the new Foo Fighters record. <laughs> Let me know. So I actually, I forgot that it was coming out this week, as we mentioned last week. And while we were still recording the show, I went and ordered it because I was like, got to have that on Friday. And it showed up at like 7.30 in the morning on Friday. Wow. So nice. I listened to it real early. Yeah. I, uh, me and Dave listened to it on Spotify, like right at midnight. We were texting each other uh, while, while we were listening to it. And um, I, I was going to order it from the Foo Fighters website, but I, I checked Mad World's. I was like, I'm going to just chance it. Mad World Records in Denton. I checked their uh, website at like right at 11 o'clock, and it was up. So I got it from there. Support local. Yeah. Or the band, at least, directly. Is yeah, yeah. Not that Foo Fighters need support. It is such a good album. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't know what you guys said while I was uh, unplugged, but it was, it, it's such a good album. It's, it's, it's only problem is that it is far too short. It is way too fucking short of an album. Uh, but ev- every song is great. Only one song is like a little bit like questionable, but I think, I think we're all going to learn to love it. Yeah. Short and sweet. People who are making albums can, I think, learn a lesson from a lot of artists these days, which is just, you know, keep it short. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's it, it's fine. It's just one of those things where the album ends, um, and then you're kind of like, well, that was uh, that was great. I'm real. I'm I, I definitely wish I like I need more. Like that's like the biggest buzzkill moment was like, that was great. What? Yeah, this, I just want like more? another song at yeah. least, maybe two. Like um, uh, myself, Adam, and and Hagen are like, that was great. I'm gonna listen to it again. Jackson would be like. That was the Foo Fighters. I'm going to do something else. My wife listened to it, and she said, "Uh, is it already over? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, I didn't like it, but I'm glad it's over. (laughs) And then Adam texted me and said, hey, she didn't like it either. And I said, I never said I didn't like it. I just, I asked Adam what he thought of it, because I wasn't going to ask either of you what you thought of it, because I know. And Adam said, he loved it. It was amazing. And then, of course, he asked what I felt about it. And I said, it was a Foo Fighters album. And that's genuinely how I feel. It's not bad. It's just not for me. Yeah, I do think that's important because a lot of people were kind of, not a lot of people, but some people were kind of like skeptical it was going to be a Foo Fighters album based on the first single that they did on SNL. Um, but those people are wrong because it's definitely a Foo Fighters album. And it feels just like a normal not normal, I guess, but it feels like a Foo Fighters album in a great yeah. way. I do think I do think that um, I think it's time for Dave Grohl to hang up the hat of trying to make every album be some crazy big new thing that no band has ever done. Uh, he said that he wanted this to be a dance record, and it's dancier than most Foo Fighters yeah. stuff, but it's not some huge game changing thing. And he compared it to David Bowie's disco album, and that's not a yeah. favorable comparison. No, and I, I I think he just needs to say we have a new Foo Fighters record. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that like, I mean, this is a Foo Fighters album in the sense that it sounds like a Foo Fighters album, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like, oh, I've heard this before. There really isn't any of those moments on there. There's like, he 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 really like expanded on like writing more riffs. Um, they have a lot more like this, not dancey, but like percussion and rhythm stuff is definitely a lot different on this album than it has been in the past. Um, there's a lot more like pushing tempo moments, um, and there's like still like the gorgeous songs that are, that remind you of if you like Foo Fighters, the album um, in your honor. It just it just feels like a lot of good mixtures all around, and uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really it really good. Feels like a mixture of in your honor and wasting light, and yep. some of the concrete and gold too. Like it's very apparent 
that uh what's his name greg kirsten is a producer i think on this also yeah it's it it's yeah it's really clear also that like listen they 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 wrote music that was like what they wrote before and expanded on it right that's isn't that what you're supposed to do yeah isn't that, like what a actually band is supposed to be doing before i forget too it's also very clear that they have another member who's actually like in the band now like it feels yes. more right. prominent than it used to yeah and the backup singers are really prominent now which is great like, One of which is Dave Grohl's daughter, Violet. Yeah, yeah. And so. Jackson, thank you for letting us have that time. Oh, did you? Did I send you guys that article about uh, Dave Grohl's daughter when she was on that? I think he got a call from his manager, and they said, "Hey, how do we like? Can you give us a bank account for Violet, his daughter?" And he said, "What do you mean?" And they said, "Well, she performed on the album. We have to pay her. Like, we have to do that." And so yeah. he said. Oh, cool! Just make it out to me, and I'll give it to her. Yeah, no, he said. Uh, he said, "I saw that. I saw the amount that they had to give her uh, for performing on the record, and I thought there's no way that she is getting that much money in her bank account. Give it to me, and I'll put it into account for her when she's 18. She can have all that money then." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Hold on a second. She's been on tours. Is she not getting paid for those kids?" <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that's what great. we've been listening to, and thank you. We've been listening to you as well. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Never mind. Uh, I don't know what's out. your setup of that, but that kind of worried fuck? me. <laughs> the fucker! What are you talking about, man? Are you okay? Show's canceled. We're over. <laughs> Jackson's canceled. Yeah, Show's not everybody done. That, everybody that listens to us told us to stop. You can tell I'm in a shit mood because I'm drinking water and not a Dr. Pepper. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, buddy. That sucks. What's wrong? Was it the I episode? Have... Yeah, I don't have enough <laughs> highlighters. I was going to say, was it the episode? The topics of the episode? CW or Foo Fighters? Was it all of the bummers of the past hour and a half? Yeah, I, I Highlighters, definitely... not Foo Fighters. Ooh, nice. That's oh. A... oh, if we did, if make we did a shirt. episode titles that weren't like, you know, descriptions of the show that would be that would be a good one highlighters not foo fighters that's good i like that we might do that this uh, week. <laughs> thank you all so much for being here with us for this for this uh this episode apologies it was a little bit sad for the, a good portion of it but thank you all for sticking through with us and uh listening and being a part of uh this don't feed the artist community um if you haven't already make sure you press that subscribe button or follow button on whatever podcast service you are using and you can find us on all your social media apps don't feed the artists don't dfta podcast um so yeah anybody else have anything else they want to say thank you for listening from the bottom of our hearts i i fair warning i don't think the next two episodes are going to get much more upbeat so uh hope you enjoyed this <laughs> This is February. This is it. It was very ominous. <laughs> this is February. Get ready for what is to come. Uh, so again, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for listening. And fuck off. Give me your towel. Was that a was that a um, no, a no, teaser? No. Yep. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, now now it can't be. No, I'm leaving that in. That's good. <laughs>